your student is going to live on campus, they will need twin extra long sheets. The first thing people get wrong. The first thing people get freaked out about. The majority of students who enroll in college don't graduate in four years. Is my kid going to make friends? Are they going to fit in? Are they going to find their people at college? Are they going to fail a class? Between Beth and I, we have worked in higher education for 50 years. We really think that there's some opportunity for some great dialogue. From the Pod 617 studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's Twin XL. Now here's your hosts, Laura DeVoe and Beth Grampetro. Greetings from our home studios. This is Laura DeVoe and I'm here with Beth Grampetro. Hey Beth, how you doing? I'm good. Home studio is such a strong term for what I'm doing right now. Yes, well... Exactly. Beth is in her closet. No. No. That's actually a good idea. Yeah, no. Go in the closet. It's not a bad idea. It might be the next place I record from is inside of a closet. But no, I'm just in my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was, it's April. And if someone were asking someone who works on a college campus what is more uh, stressful and more time, they, uh, and they've never worked on a college campus. They would say, oh, September must be so much worse than uh, April. And what is your answer to that? Uh, no. No. And not just because we're in COVID life right now. It's because April is just wall-to-wall, non-freaking-stop. There, it, I, I mean, there would be some years that one day off in April was – uh, like the best, like that luxury. was the best. It was good. Yeah, it was an absolute luxury. And what did you do on that day? You, you know, go to the, go get your hair done, get your nails, get your, you know, find your underwear. You know, there's like literally our wall to wall the whole month and it, it just bonkers. So, um, and now uh, it's April and your kids, uh, your students are home and uh, we thought it would be a good idea to have a, an episode about traditions and uh, the campus traditions that typically take place in the spring, and some of which cause stress and some of which are celebratory. Um, and uh, how are you going to kind of work your way through that uh, with, your, with your students at home? So that's, uh, that's the focus today. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, three types of traditions, uh, what we're calling your kind of transactional traditions, uh, which aren't as fun, but they're really important this time of year. And those are the things that might cause a little bit of stress. Uh, the celebratory or acknowledgement type of traditions. So your events where people would have found out that they got into an honor society or, or something like that. Uh, and then uh, we're going to end the show with the biggest of these, which is commencement, and uh, talk a bit about the granddaddy that. of them all. The granddaddy of them all, <laughs> commencement. And you know how I feel about commencement. How many how many commencements have you been to where a speech, probably the student speech, but maybe another one, started with commencement means beginning? Oh Christ! Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> way too many. <laughs> and, 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 and like I will literally when it comes to commencements if someone starts to quote from Imagine by John Lennon uh, <laughs> anything from 
a poet laureate who is not you. Like I actually have been to commencements where poet laureates speak, like Robert Pinsky was a speaker, um, mm -hmm. but I am not, you know, unless you are the po poet laureate, shut up. No, you should not be having that conversation. Like, so I have, I have major commencement issues, which we'll talk about. <laughs> Webster's Dictionary defines commencement as... <laughs> That's right, exactly. If, if you're anyway. breaking out the Websters, you should not be speaking in the commencement ceremony. So, anyway. Oh, uh, we're getting, are we getting a little pop in circumstances? Oh, I'm like, yay. <laughs> awesome. Literally, I get chills when I hear that. We were talking uh, before first, we started recording about how women have to kind of get in the mood. Awesome <laughs> literally against me good grief um, but first we gotta talk about like course registration uh, transactional stuff. things of transactional nonsense but it's not yeah. nonsense it's important it is important um, so springtime is that time where we're registering for classes we talked about this in the fall uh, we're gonna say it again this is a good time uh, to be having your, your kids may be having some conversations with themselves of, you know, maybe I'm not doing so well in that major, or maybe I like this elective that I took in poetry, speaking of, uh, a lot more than my molecular biology class. Um, and, uh, you know, it's one of those things that I think that as people are looking at uh, their academic uh trajectory now is a good time to do an evaluation and i am i'm going to be uh uncharacteristically optimistic Beth. okay in this episode i, I like it you like that <laughs> let's it's a do big it change. let's it's do a it big, it's a big change for me this okay? is this is it, what the pandemic path rut is yes. now you're an optimist yes and there's <laughs> And they're delivering liquor to my house. So, I mean, you know what? There we go. This is All what right. we call a correlation, but we can't really prove causation. <laughs> <laughs> Did the liquor delivery cause the optimism? We don't really know. No, that's right. It's very true. We don't know. I like that. I like how you bring this this public health like kind of idea. <laughs> so, anyway. So, you know, one of the things that uh, this is a great opportunity. There's a lot more opportunities right now for online learning. Okay. Um, and this summer, uh, lots of colleges and universities are going to be opening up uh, their summer enrollment uh, to be a bit more flexible and that sort of thing. It is a good time right now from the registration standpoint that your, your student should be talking to the people in their life who are going to be the most helpful in terms of navigating what's a good next step. If they're really enjoying an elective right now or, uh, you know, a lot of institutions, you have to take certain types of uh, liberal arts core classes. And um, you oftentimes hear this from kids who take, say, psychology or political science or something of that nature. They go, you know what? This is a lot better than what I had in high school. This is a lot more engaging. I'm really getting jazzed about this. Maybe this is a major for me. Maybe this is something I want to do. Um, that is a great opportunity for young people um, and anyone who is enrolled in college right now to say, you know what, I'm going to 
take up my institution on a bit more flexibility and try something. The other thing I would say, and I've been paying attention to this for my own my own sanity, um, there's a lot of free webinars out there right now for people exploring uh, certain types of uh, fields of study or honing up on some skills in a current field of study that frankly are low cost or no cost. Um, and you know, if you are hearing your young person or your student saying, you know what, I'm really enjoying X, Y, Z, and you see a free webinar on something, send it to them, get them kind of tuned into it, say, hey, maybe you want to try this, see what this is about, explore what it means long term. And now you can actually start to craft out what's happening. Now, I'm going to say it again, we said it uh we did a uh, Facebook Live a couple weeks ago where we were talking about some uh, things. And if you're not following us on Facebook, find us on Facebook. Uh, we have Twin XL Pod on Facebook. Uh, we did a, a, a Facebook Live. We talked about registration, but we also talked uh, more about uh, the fact that some schools are going past fail or uh, no mm-hmm. grades. Um, and so right now when it comes to registration, that idea about what's going to get a grade versus what's not going to get a grade, I would coach you to coach your child or your student in asking an advisor if going no grade in something, if they are intending to potentially go to grad school, if that would be a bad idea and therefore do they want to take a class next semester, which, which we are hearing Some institutions like Boston University has just announced that they are exploring going online for the fall of of the 2020 uh, semester. There's going to be more institutions saying that now that your student has had a semester of online learning under their belt, do they want to be taking a class in the fall that would be better suited once they are uh, in person. What are your thoughts on that best about like making those decisions about registration? I think, I mean, I agree. It's utilize your advisor is what I would say to a student. And I think um, there's sort of a balance between, and we talked about this certainly in the Facebook live. And I think even in our prior episode, when we talked about the changes happening at colleges, that the changes are happening for everyone. So I wouldn't be super surprised to see grad school admissions take into account the effect, the fact that, you know, everyone's gone, almost every college is considering going pass fail or offering that option this semester. Um, You know, as this continues, it's hard. Like if someone listens to this tomorrow versus tomorrow, sorry, Dave, not to put put that expectation on you. So like if someone listens to this, like, in the month of April or doesn't get it till May, things can change so much. Um, but I think the key is paying attention to what your college or university is saying, understanding that what they say also might change a lot and, and really keeping in touch with your advisor about it because it's even though like, I think with all of the uncertainty, there's a lot more flexibility. It's still not a good time to just kind of say, Oh, I can, ignore this deadline or do, you know, this thing differently than I normally would because of what's going on and assume that that's going to work out. Um, I do think a lot of schools are being more flexible and I, and I think they should, I think there's, this is, this is an absolutely as 
I'll use the word again, it's an unprecedented situation, but Mm -hmm. the notion of like having the same expectations for students that any college had prior to this is ridiculous. No. But I also think it is a good thing for students to keep communicating, keep, you know, trying to take in the information they're being given by their college and ask questions and figure out what needs to be done. And from a stress standpoint, uh, I think that when it comes to academics, academics uh, and the registration for class tends to be even in, you know, even in in normal times, it's a stressor um, in terms of getting uh, into classes and that sort of thing. Some institutions are actually opening up uh, classes to have larger enrollments because mm-hmm. of uh, the fact that there's no seats anymore in the classroom yeah. or, you know, <laughs> it doesn't they, matter how big the lecture hall is. Right. You know, so they're doing that or they're adding sections because they know something's important uh, in terms of registering, registering students for a required course or something in that nature. So, so some institutions are becoming a bit more um, uh, flexible about how many seats are in these classes um, in comparison, and this is, uh, you know, I might have a biased lens. I saw more stress, uh, when it came to housing selection, uh, mm-hmm. and then, uh, registering for class, um, in my experience and housing selection right now has another added layer of anxiety because it's, are we ever going to get back on campus? Are we ever going to be with our friends? Are we ever going to be with these folks that we had hoped to live with? Um, and what does that look like? Um, and how is that going to be managed long term? Um, my gut is telling me that uh, a lot of institutions are going to uh, be not only running housing selection uh, now, but also potentially a second version of it later to uh, closer to when the academic year is actually going to start and when people mm-hmm. are going to be physically on campus because their numbers are going to rattle around. Some people will decide. Um, I was in communication with a young person who I'm mentoring right now. Um, she's currently a freshman uh, in college. She's living at home uh, in uh, the Chicagoland area. Um, but she really wants to be back where her institution is. And she has uh, decided with some friends to rent an apartment off campus uh, and get closer to the institution, uh, which is out here in the New England area, um, because she just doesn't, she would rather be uh, self-isolating with friends. She said, I can be anywhere taking my classes right now. I'd rather be in a place that I'm happy uh, and that sort of thing. So she's actually looking at that. I wouldn't be surprised if that comes up more um, from some students who are actually looking for ways and colleges and universities may be finding students moving off campus uh, who were not necessarily in that living off campus pool of human um, until now. Uh, Living together uh, and choosing housing um, is a heightened time of anxiety for young people. Um, I have seen... uh, absolute meltdowns uh, with students around who they're choosing to live with, who they're not choosing to live with. Beth, what are your thoughts on the current state of people's uh, home-based anxiety and that do you think that's going to continue to create, you know, potentially where students are saying, 
they really want to live with somebody? Or do you think that they're going to be more likely to say, look, I just don't want to be living at home right now. Um, and so being a <laughs> bit more flexible about going on campus, what are your thoughts about the housing reality and what our parents uh, and families should be thinking about? Oh, gosh. I think, I mean, as we were just saying about registration, this is all very changeable. We just don't know a lot of things about what the colleges are going to do. Like, um, I think you're correct that some of them are going to push this out a lot further than they used to. Um, I think the thing, and this could really apply to almost anything, but it's got to be difficult. I know it is, right, for everyone to all of a sudden be back home together when they weren't before. That's mm-hmm. just a fact that you can't you can't go from like maybe you were empty nesters and now your kid or kids are all back from college at once mm-hmm. and that wasn't planned and it happened like that like right. in a, an instant basically. Right. Um, maybe you do not have a lot of physical space for three or four of you to be in the space that one or two of you was in before. Maybe you downsized since the kids moved out. Maybe it was never that big a living space to begin with. Um, So there are bound to be difficulties and adjustments and we're on, I'm in the middle of week five and -hmm. this will, this will differ for wherever everyone is in the country or in the world as to how long you've been staying at home. But um, to say it gets easier is maybe sort of true. Like it gets more routine and you're more used to it. I don't necessarily think it's easy. Right. Um, And I'm saying all this to say that for parents, if your student is saying things like, I just want to, like, when the fall comes, I just want to make sure I'm not living here. Like, that probably hurts. I would have been that kid, 100%, -hmm. Mm -hmm. saying shitty things to my parents. Um, Did it anyway. There was no pandemic, and I still said shitty things to my parents when I came home from college. Imagine the shitty things you would be saying. (laughs) I mean, it was not good. Um, Sorry, mom and dad, but just like everything sucks, right? But I think um, I think the important things for thing for parents is just to, as much as is possible, to kind of rise above that and realize that it's not necessarily that they are not enjoying being around you. It's that they were in a situation if they lived on campus or lived in an apartment off campus where they had independence, they had space, both sort of physical and emotional, and they had privacy and a schedule that worked for them. Hopefully that now has been totally upended as has yours. This is all very difficult and they may want to get back to some semblance of that to be either on campus if it's possible or close to campus um, because it might, it probably is affecting their academic ability. Their, their sort of success in the long run is going to be impacted by, can they, do they have privacy to work on academic stuff? If they have a Zoom class meeting, can they do it without like hearing other people in the background because your desks are close to one another, you know, like right. all of those things. Right. Um, and as to, as to whether, you should, so, you know, as much as you're able, don't take it personally if they're like chomping at the bit to get out of your house. Right. And right. maybe you're not, maybe you're like, good, get out of my house. Mm-hmm. But also try to talk through these things with them. Try to have that conversation about like, okay, is, cause maybe they're not, maybe they're like, I'd rather stay at home. This is scary. I mean, there's all right. kinds of different right. ways that people are going to react to this. Yeah. And I think trying to have as much of an open mind and a willingness to talk through things with your student mm-hmm. And be honest with them about what is possible 
if you are supporting this financially, you know, all of the things right. that we said months ago when we talked about, you know, being honest with your student about what, how much you can support them financially for school, that may have changed. You may have right. lost a job, you know, like there's, there's all kinds of, we're coming up on an economic downturn that yeah. I can't even think it's, about. Uh, so, again, unprecedented. And we yes. need, you need to be honest with folks. And if your institution <laughs> is, um, I wouldn't be surprised if institutions start to announce opportunities for students to remain enrolled um, uh, part, uh, through virtual classes uh, so they can continue their education. Let's say someone cannot live on campus or cannot return uh, for wherever the case may be. I would like to see more institutions be thinking that through. Uh, because there are going to be some students who just are not going to be able to make the finances work and how is that going to work. So I think my, my last point here before we go into the break about housing is uh, two things. Number one, if your uh, student wants to return to uh, their institution and live in an off-campus environment, talk to them about safety, talk to them about using good judgment, talk to them about not only finances, but is this going to be the best thing for you to do? Um, another point there is, you know, if your son or daughter uh, or student is going to a location that's an urban location, that's already going to be expensive, um, not only expensive, but also potentially a hot spot. Is that the best place for them to be? Um, think that through. Uh, it, I actually said to the young person I'm mentoring, I said, you know, you could be up on the coast of Maine right now taking the same damn class. Why spend top dollar in downtown in a urban environment when you could be someplace actually saving some money? So I don't need to think about that. Uh, the second thing is that when it comes to housing, just kind of keep in mind, this is all fluid. And so all the things that Beth was just talking about in terms of what your family finances might be, compound that by every other family that's going through this. And if your student was planning on living with somebody and their situation changes, we all need to be mindful of this and we all need to be um, sensitive to these, to these uh, other families and everything they're going through in this time. Uh, so uh, I think housing selection is going to continue to be something that uh, students are going to be struggling with. Um, and uh, after the break, uh, let's move to something a little bit more celebratory about what can we do about celebrating your students uh, when they actually had a huge accomplishment this year. So see you after the break. Twin XL is supported by Sunstein, Kahn, Murphy & Timbers, a boutique law firm specializing in intellectual property. Sunstein's attorneys are passionate representatives of their clients' ideas, technologies, and brands. And Sunstein's broad range of expertise in the intellectual property field, including patent and trademark litigation, sets it apart from the competition. Visit Sunstein at sunsteinlaw.com. That's S-U-N-S-T-E-I-N-Law.com. Contact Sunstein to see how your intellectual property can be winning intellectual property. All right, and welcome back from the break. And and we did say this earlier uh, that we are recording this clearly in our homes. Uh, and while we have uh, informed our respective uh, husbands, children, and in my case, uh, dogs that we are recording, I apologize in advance if you hear anything in the background uh, that might sound like we are... Uh, 
you know, in the middle of some something else. So I apologize. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, one of my favorite things about spring semester, even though uh, in April specifically, was always uh, I used to say you could put your name tag on uh, and you know would say have your name tag walk around campus and uh, pretty much eat all month long at uh, every reception banquet. I have never eaten more poultry in a, in any time of the year than I would in April because every night it's a chicken dinner uh, and uh, you know appetizers and my favorite appetizer. Shout out to uh, the uh, stuffed mushroom cap is my favorite appetizer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> but anyway, so you'd go to these uh, receptions and the receptions would be a time to honor our, our most outstanding students. And, you know, for parents, that ne necessarily was not a time that parents were at everything, right? Beth, there would be a lot of times, this is really for the students to cel get celebrated by the faculty and staff in and amongst their peers, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of these or, events or would happen. Coaches. Yeah, or coaches yeah. And, and things like that. And usually these things were on like a weeknight. Um, very rarely would we see a large or even minor turnout of parents. Uh, and this was a time that students really, I think, really saluted one another. And it was great for them to be honored in and amongst truly their peers. And something that I worry about because of uh, the virtual nature of our existence right now is that students are not going to necessarily have those same uh, opportunities to talk to one another and salute one another. I want to give a shout out. Uh, last episode, we had Pat Whiteley from University of Miami on. Um, and uh, I I've lost all track of time, but I think it was last week I had noticed the uh, University of Miami uh, student government had their induction of their uh, new uh, cabinet, and they did a virtual induction, and we've all been on Zoom meetings now. Uh, I feel like I live in Zoom. And, um, and they, they gave all the students a background uh, to use that was uh, Hurricane SGA induction. Um, so they all had the same background. It was a really neat visual from, uh, from the photo that I saw. Um, and I like that some schools are doing things kind of uh, innovatively. Uh, and now, uh, again, trying to be an optimist and trying to, to look at this through a, a different lens, parents and families can actually be part of those uh uh, celebrations because you're right there in the in the home together, um, or even if you're separated from your 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 student, which I know some folks are, um, they may be able to get the login information and be able to be there virtually and not uh, miss out on this. Um, you know, the thing is that those those events happen uh, and they are a really important uh, time. The spirit of these events. Is, is really to bring together the most deserving people on a campus. And I would hate to see students uh, minimize their achievement because they're not on campus right now. Um, and there's also um, some other things that could be happening this time of year, um, not necessarily in April, because a lot of times this stuff happens all kinds of times during the year. But um, if your student <clears throat> is involved in any kind of performance on campus, like yep. musical theater, dance, orchestra, like any of those kinds of things, this might've been the time of year when they're 
spring concert or recital or musical was supposed to be staged, um, or perhaps it was supposed to happen in March um, and didn't happen. So that can also be something that they're missing out on. It's a little less likely that, you know, that some of those things can be pulled off via Zoom, but some of them, there have been some pretty creative things happening out there um, where some schools are pulling folks together in an online environment to perform things that they were working on. Um, So I would say, I mean, one thing, whether it is about an award ceremony or a performance or anything like that, if your student is talking to you about it and saying how disappointed they are that something's not happening, step one is never assume it's not happening. Mm -hmm. Um, Make sure they're again, communicating with people on their campus and finding out like, are we going to do this or can we do this? Um, This could be a great time for them to have a leadership role to say, Hey, I I want this to still happen. Um, How can I be part of organizing this so that we can still do whatever it might be so we can still put on our concert or we can come together to talk about um, the folks who had the highest GPA in the English department or whatever it might be. Right. There's no reason not to celebrate people. And right now I think all of us are finding opportunities to, to do that. I think that, you know, some parents are saying, what do we do? How do we have these opportunities to celebrate I am an advocate in going full schmaltzy, go full schmaltzy and like, just have fun with it. Um, break out. You know, I mean, I'm serious. Like I, I say, go into the drawer, find a toilet paper tube, a roll of Reynolds ramp, make a, make a trophy, you know, give your kid whatever, you know, show them that you really appreciate them. Or you can do like the full on tearjerker, pull out, say, where's that, that, that edition of, oh, the places you will go that I bought you from high school graduation. And I am now going to do an interpretive dance. Okay. Like I am going to take this and I'm going to uh, celebrate my kid. Um, There is nothing wrong with that. Um, This is, you know, and I, I know that, um, there's a meme going around on, on social media, not a meme, but like a trend on social media to post a photo of yourself uh, from your high school yearbook. And I saw someone say that's not very helpful because the students, you're, you're trying to show you did it and now they will do it someday too. You're not being, you're not being um, sensitive. I'm of the mindset, I say, you know what, we need to celebrate something. Um, and if part of the thing that I'm celebrating is that I look pretty damn good for being out of school for that amount of time, I'm going to do it. Uh, but uh, also, but the- none, yeah. none of the class of 2020 is on Facebook anyway, because right, it's for right. people. Exactly. So I'm less worried about that aspect of it. But I think this brings up a point that I, I was going to make later with regard to commencement, but I'll make it now because it relates now too. for some of the students who are missing these things, whether it's commencement or an award ceremony or whatever, they didn't care anyway, (laughs) or like they cared. They're probably excited to be done or they're, or they're proud of themselves for getting the high GPA or winning MVP on their team or whatever. But like Mm -hmm. some people award ceremonies and ceremonies in general are not their jam at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I have really strong memories of like when one of my cousins graduated college and he said to me, I went because my pa- it was for my parents. Like, I didn't want to walk at all. I It's boring. I hated it. And I was sort of, at the time, he's like five years older than me. So I was like, 
what? And then by the time I got to college graduation, I was like, Andy was right. This sucks. I'm doing this because my parents care. And it's, it could go either way. It could be that for students who normally wouldn't be into it, you know, they are now because of the fact that it was sort of taken away and they didn't have the end to the year that they were expecting. But some of them still might be like, eh, it's, this is not the thing that's kind of like really bothering me about right now. But yeah, so do like, I love the ideas that Laura's talking about, about like how you can celebrate them at home or, or encourage them to be part of a celebration online or whatever it is that's happening. But also like listen to them and ask what they want because right. some of them literally might just be like, yeah, I'm just going to say I'm out. I'm just happy. Yeah. I'll get that certificate mailed to me. I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, mail me that diploma. I'm good, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't worry if that is their reaction that they're like mm-hmm. avoiding something. That might have been right. how they felt anyway. <laughs> right. So I am. I am convinced that that will be my child. My child will just be like, "Do I have to go?" And I'll be like, "Yes, <laughs> this is the most important day." And she'll go, "But I really don't want to go." You know. And yeah. yeah. Exactly. They're not going to actually care. Um, you know, I think the other thing to keep in mind too, when it comes to these, uh, ceremonies and things like that is this is also a time of year where some people have been selected to, um, you know, Beth brought up performances and things like that, but this is also a big time of year for people to find out they were selected to be something in the future. Um, Mm, so orientation leader, resident assistant, peer leader, uh, there's a lot of leadership positions that get selected this time of year. Um, and this could be a time for both uh, celebration, but also disappointment. Um, if some of them were selected to, especially orientation, um, while institutions are going to online orientations, um, there is a very real possibility they don't need all the people they had originally selected. Um, or they may be trying something else and going with uh you know, a completely different format to try to meet their institutional limitations or, or uh, opportunities. So uh, for some students, this is going to be a time that, you know, and not only that, it, let's say they get keep the orientation position, but they have to do this virtually. It's not what they expected. It was not part of the, the deal. They don't get to go to their overnight camp and bond with each other, which is a big deal for some of these leadership positions. Uh, so while, yeah, uh, your your student may be uh, still in these leadership roles. It means that right now it's not the role that they had originally signed on for. So um, as, a, as a family, you should be supporting them through that. And really, again, I cannot stress enough what Beth had to say. We need to talk to them about how they're feeling, how they're doing, and and what all this means, and what do they need from you from a from a uh, uh, support aspect. Um, I heard recently from one of our, uh, original, uh, parents, uh, in our, uh, focus group that we did before we started this, uh, this podcast, uh, her son is on a varsity athletic team, uh, at the university of Virginia, and they all decided to stay at school, stay in a house or some, I don't even, I don't know where they're all staying, but he's on the crew team down there and they're all staying together, training together, living together. Um, and you know, there, this would be that time of year where they would all be getting together to do spring practice and doing things together and kind of learning as a team. 
And um, it's going to be, it's a whole different way of supporting them uh, when they're doing it either virtually or off on their own and you're not with them and you have no way of being with them. Uh, And uh, so there's going to be a lot that you're going to go through to kind of change up how you're, you're thinking about what these traditions might look like and these celebrations might look like. Um, I guess the last thing I wanted to talk about here is, uh, you know, Beth was talking about commencement and we're going to talk about that in a second. Um, But one of the things that our seniors are going to be missing is senior week. Uh, Mm -hmm. And uh, lots of students are missing right now spring weekend. Uh, Lots of institutions still do a spring fest or spring weekend or a big social uh, time of year. Uh, It tends to be heavy drinking. Uh, It tends to be heavy partying. It tends to be lots of stuff going on and and not necessarily the things they're calling you about. Like, because here's the other thing, parents, they are probably not telling you everything they did at the last spring weekend if they were uh, participating in that. So just be ready for that. Um, But Beth, your thoughts on that type of celebration and and you can't really replace that virtually. Uh, No, I mean... I think that's, that's a tough one. And it's gonna, I don't know, this is maybe, I'm going to preface this by saying I might be not very creative about this. And I, if someone else, if either of you, or if a listener perhaps wants to contact us later and say, this would be a good replacement. But I kind of feel like that stuff is, it's analogous to like the many concerts that I am missing because they were canceled. And my my husband's cousin was supposed to get married May 8th and now it's hopefully going to happen in November. You know, like mm-hmm. there's all these things that I think uh, the marathon, the Boston marathon is postponed. The tour de France just got canceled, which why do I know that? Because my husband loves the tour de France. <laughs> so like, yeah, I know Steve is sad today. Let's all, oh, wait, wait, wait. Know. can I just say, is your husband watching the old, uh, the, the replays of the former Olympics? Like my husband is. Um, he was on a disc golf thing all weekend. Okay. <laughs> I can't talk about it. Anyway, he's going to get there to the Olympics because he also loves the Olympics. Yeah. Sean, was, I, I mean, Sean was up watching the Rio swim, uh, like Michael Phelps all <laughs> night last night. I was like, are you coming to bed? He goes, Michael Phelps is about to do the 400. I am. I'm like, like, that what? happened already. <laughs> yeah. No, this is, this. honestly, we should have had Steve as a guest because he loves nothing more than ceremonies yes. and, like, pageantry. So, <laughs> but anyway. Um, but I think, I think, unfortunately, there are some things and, like, spring concert and, and senior week and these are the sorts of things that, like, it sucks. I, I am so okay. sorry that people aren't getting to do that. It's a bummer. I do think that one day in the future, I hope, I hope that one day in the future that's not the thing that you remember about this. Um, and I'm not trying to Pollyanna about this. Let me be very clear that when I see the meme, that's like, if you have little kids right now, just know that when they're in college, they're going to talk about how they don't remember this being stressful. They remember all the family time and it's the best part of their childhood. And every time I see that, I want to light something on fire <laughs> because shut up. But anyway, um, cause it's not the best time of my child's childhood right now. Thank you very much. But I do think that there, it's true in any situation that sometimes a thing, even a loss mm-hmm. 
can feel like a huge, enormous loss and a very big deal when it's happening. And then if you look back on it, even five years later, you're sort of like, oh, that was a bummer. But like now with the distance of time, it's not the, it's not the memorable part or it's not the most important thing to me. I don't say this to minimize how anyone feels about it or to say like, you must get over it. But I think the reality for every single one of us is there are going to be certain things that we can't replace or that are just not going to happen. And I think it's correct for schools to be prioritizing like, okay, how are we going to replace commencement or postpone? Like there are certain things that I think should be given that kind of um, importance. And I think there are just other things that it's, there's not a way. And like I said, I, I may be uncreative here and there might be a solution I'm not thinking of, but. Well, and I think I, I actually was thinking that uh, I would love to see the first school that, you know, they had already contracted with whatever band uh, to play for their spring concert, mm-hmm. but now they're going to do a virtual concert or something like that. I think that would be fun. That's cool. uh, but uh, cause like we've seen all these other virtual things. I, I mean, you know, shout out to everybody who is a TikToker because geez, boy, <laughs> I, I would like to know more about these TikTokers. Okay. Um, but <laughs> that being said, I think that uh, one thing I, I don't think would be a bad idea is to acknowledge to your student that right now it's like, I, you know, did your school have a spring? You know, most of you know if their school had a spring weekend, um, if this was part of their spring uh, traditions. Um, and they say, yeah, it was fun last year. It's like, well, why don't you show me pictures? Why don't you show me, t- tell, give me a virtual idea, like relive it for me. And no, you don't need to tell me all the ugly stuff. Show me the stuff that you really enjoyed um, so that you can harness on some of these memories and then ask them, have you talked to that person lately? Have you reached out to that? Oh, that's a great picture with that person. Who, who is that? Oh, that's so-and-so. Have you reached out to them lately? Have you checked in on them? Use that as a time for them to say, oh, you know what? You're right. I haven't talked to that person. I haven't had that opportunity. Um reach out to them and say, Hey, you know, I miss you. I was looking at pictures. I'd love to talk to you. I want to check in on you. So just some thoughts, um, not super exciting or super, uh, you know, this is not something to put on your Pinterest page because it is not that high level in terms of detail, but um, those memories matter and those experiences matter and talking to your kid or your student about what was so important about that weekend or that experience or what was something so fun about that, uh, let them know. And if your if your student actually had any role in pulling off the event, and they haven't told you all the background drama and all that stuff, let them tell you all the stories. And let them just spill it because those stories are great stories and you may not have a great appreciation of all the wonderful work your, your, your student is doing on campus uh, because they think the stuff isn't that important at the time. And now we got time. So talk about it. All right. Um, and so we're going to take a break and we are going to uh, come back and talk about my favorite day of the year. Da-da-da-da. Hi, everybody. My name is Laura DeVoe, and I'm principal and founder of Fortify Associates, and I'm also co-host of the Twin XL podcast. Um, my co-host, Beth Grampetro, and I want to invite you uh, as to become a campus partner. Um, 
in this, what we are commonly saying, an unprecedented time when colleges and universities are taking more and more services virtual, um, we know that your orientation programs are also going virtual. And the way you are reaching out to your parents um, is even more important uh, now than ever. You would be able to appear on an upcoming episode of Twin XL Pod. Um, you would also have a customized program for your own campus. Okay, so you would record two podcasts with us. We would uh, coach you through it. Uh, you'd be able to download some very easy software to use, um, use your own microphones or headsets uh, in your own home, and uh, we would all be able to be part of it together. And then uh, we'd edit it, post it up to the internet, and people would be able to download it. Podcasting is a great way to deliver content, and who knows, you may actually decide you really like podcasting, and this might be an ongoing feature of how you communicate with your community. To get in touch with Laura and Beth about this exciting opportunity, visit fortifyassociates.com, click on the services tab, and follow the link to the Twin XL podcast. You know, I am literally tearing up when I hear that <laughs> and I can hear myself like, like, and, but also I'm tearing up, but also my heart's racing thinking, what did I mess up? What's not going to get done? Right. Uh, you know, I, I, I have literally <laughs> been to a commencement every year, a college commencement every year since 1988. Okay. And it is, I, yeah. So, and I have run commencements for half that period of time. So I have a very keen lens on what a commencement should be and what it shouldn't be. Uh, and so um, when I, when everything was happening and we were originally saying we're sending students home uh, to learn from home, I said, we need to come up with a way to that, make sure that these campuses don't lose out on this commencement uh, activity and what are they going to do uh, long-term. So um, it's important. And I know a lot of the schools are, are struggling with this. Uh, and uh, we can turn it down, Dave, because it's now... <laughs> This song, oh, like, over. honestly, yeah. I'm having flashbacks to, like, are, are these students in the right order? Oh, this my line? God. When we get to the seats, are they going to insist that there aren't enough seats right. in a row? <laughs> slow everything like, down. Some of my favorite, I literally had, but I also have these flashbacks <laughs> of, like, so you're still drunk from last night. I'm not sure. Oh my that God. you should be walking in right now. It's like, no, Lardabo, I'm okay. Like, and I, I know yeah. you're not okay. And how many students have we had to take out yeah. of their seat to go throw up somewhere? Or how many students have, you know, there's so many issues, so many issues. And there's always, there's always one person who bought, new shoes uh, for the occasion and didn't no, try them out and first and they tried. Yes. And, and we would say there was 
every year, every year. So, and it was a woman, uh, typically a, a woman who has uh, a very cute sundress situation happening uh, and the high heels and the muddy field has not firmed up and they literally sink into the field and the dress gets messed up. It's just like, oh my God, I love every second of it. I love it all. I love it all. <laughs> I love I love the mess. What is that? What uh, uh, Marie Kondo? It's just, I love mess. I love mess. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I'm so excited. I, I love, love mess. mess. Yes. And that's when it comes to commencement, I love mess. Uh, but I love <laughs> I love the pomp and circumstance and the celebration. And every institution has their own way of doing it. Um, we're here in Massachusetts. There's a small uh, art school up on the North Shore. Uh, oh, I'm going to mess the name up. Uh, and they do this commencement where... They, they all take, Montserrat College of Art is the name of it, and they all take mm-hmm. their uh, caps and gowns and they personalize them. And it is like one giant art, walking art installation. I'm like, that's what they do. Uh, if you look at, uh, you used to work at Virginia Tech, and you told me about when the, when the Hokie did. graduated. Oh, the yeah. mascot. So... Yes. So a cool, fun thing. I, I assume they still do this. I don't know why they would have changed this tradition because it's super fun. So uh, Virginia Tech's mascot is the hokey bird, which is kind of like a turkey, but not. And um, nobody knows. And it's tradition on most campuses that if you're the mascot, people yeah. don't know it because it's like yes, a secret. But you find out you find out who in the graduating class was a hokey bird in their time because they wear the feet yeah. with their um Cap yeah, and gown, which is awesome. To the ceremony. I love it. Big turkey. And, <laughs> and so there's like, there's all these campus traditions that only rise up during commencement. And my hope is that schools are not going to get rid of those traditions uh, to try to fast track their way through these commencement uh, opportunities. Um, I'm hearing some institutions have made announcements that they're going to have their commencement in the fall. Uh, I, I think right now, knowing what we know, um, it may be too soon to say when your next commencement is and what's going to happen. But what, but the thing is, not just about the timing, what I'm hearing more and more, which actually fills my heart with joy, is that the institutions are saying, whenever this damn thing happens, it's happening, but we are going to make it the best damn commencement ever. And this goes back to somewhat of what Beth was saying earlier, is that, you know, I had tickets this summer to see Green Day and the the Green Day tour, which I was super excited about. Well, that isn't going to happen. Now, are they going to do it again? I don't know, but I sure as hell am not going to, you know, like that's a different experience, uh, whether it go to a a concert or a baseball game or something like that. A commencement is a once in a lifetime opportunity. And the institutions I think are going to, are going to want to make it as special as possible. Um, And uh, I'm sure they're going to give people plenty of time to do this. I don't particularly see institutions saying we're just not going to have them. If institutions do make that decision, it is going to be uh, important for families to come up with a way to celebrate um, that. Again, going back to what Beth said earlier, Listen to your to your student. Know what they want. 
um, and understand that um, is, is about what they want. Um, right now, some students may say, you know what, I just want the diploma. This is the, the most disappointing last semester of my life. I just, this is not what I want to be my memory. Honor where they are. In six months to a year to two years, they may come to you and say, you know what? I know I said I didn't want anything. Now I want something. And just remember that down the road because it may take some time for them to make that decision um, and for them to come to terms with what that means to them. Um, I, I am going to also say uh, that now is not the time to say what commencement meant to you. Okay. Uh, and this may feel like I'm going back on my statement before about posting a high school graduation picture, uh, and that sort of thing. That's a, that's a glimpse in time. That's not what it meant to me. High school was a disaster. I hated everything about it. Okay. But I don't want to, that's not, my experience is not your experience. Okay. I'm not going to give you, uh, I'm not going to say my, my college graduation is equal to your graduation or how I felt about it. Some, some students right now are feeling extraordinarily ripped off because they're not going to have that seemingly moment in time. We don't know what that moment in time is going to look like. We don't know what that commencement ceremony is going to feel like. We don't know what that commencement ceremony is even going to, uh, you know, when it's going to be right now. Talk to your son or daughter about how they're feeling, what they want from you right now, and, and write it down. Put it somewhere so that way when the announcement comes out about what the institution is planning to do, revisit it and say, what do you want to do now? Do you want to go back? Do you want us to all go? Uh, do you want nobody there? What do you want? And how do you want to make this happen? Beth, what are your thoughts? I, I think that's all good advice. I think that, you know, let them lead yeah. you yeah. on this. Let your student tell you what they need and what they want. Maybe for them, it would be great to hear about your commencement or, talk about the things that they wish were happening and, and really kind of sit with it. Maybe they don't, maybe they're just not into it right now and they're going to come to you later, as Laura said, and say, okay, now I'm kind of ready to talk about what I, how I want to recognize this. Or um, I would also say that, you know, if it is possible at their institution, and this is going to vary by college, you know, do they get to have any say in what happens to commencement? I mean, I work at a very, very small college where that was part of it was like, the seniors were told first that commencement would not be happening in May. Like I didn't, I mean, I knew, but like, I didn't even get the, as a staff member, I got the official announcement after the seniors, mm -hmm. they got it first. And part of the announcement they got was, Hey, we're taking a poll. What do you think we should do mm -hmm. instead? Now that's a pretty integral part of the institution where I work is input from the students because of a lot of things about it in part, the small size. Um, but particularly if they um, are a student who's pretty connected to folks that might be planning commencement, or even if they're not, if they're a senior and this was supposed to be their ceremony and they would feel, if it would help them to feel more um, 
connected and more engaged to, to write to someone on campus and say, Hey, this is, you know, I know you're still figuring this out. I have a suggestion or I have a question, like encourage them in that. Um, make sure, and this goes for really everything when it comes to communicating with the folks who work at your student's college, whether it's you or your student doing that communication, please remember we're all going through this and we're not necessarily going to be available 24 seven just because we technically can Mm -hmm. be. Um, So definitely, you know, if your student is coming to you with frustrations about why emailed, you know, Laura in the registrar's office yesterday and haven't heard back, it's a good time to coach them around like, well, Laura's workload is likely the same as it was. Or if not worse. Yeah. And so, yes. And so we need to give a little bit of patience and and not expect an immediate response. But I think back to the commencement issue, let them lead, let them say what it is they want or need and be open to that changing because everything is Mm -hmm. changing around us really fast. Um, I, I think the last thing I wanted to say about commencement is this, is, you know, you're not going to be able to, unlike what we had in the last segment where you can actually do a celebration of your GPA or you got into an honor society or you're the top, you know, person on their athletic team, um, those are things you can kind of be hokey about and you can say certain things. You can have some kind of home homegrown acknowledgement celebration or, you know, that sort of thing. Commencement is not something you should try to pull off in your backyard. Okay. I, it is not something to, uh, to do. All right. Um, don't go pulling up past commencement speeches from, you know, uh, John Stewart and uh, Hillary Rodham Clinton and say, well, well, look at this. This isn't, this wasn't their experience. Okay. Um, the most important thing that I ever look at when I look at a commencement is this, is it honoring the institution, the tradition of that institution and the humans that are in the audience right now who are being, uh, provided with that diploma? Are we treating them with the utmost respect? Are we letting them feel connection and love and a final moment of uh, adoration? It is the most important day in these folks' lives. And when I was at uh, Mount Ida College, we had a high number of students uh, that graduated from Mount Ida that were first-generation college students. And what that changed in me when I look at a graduation is every, I want everyone to feel like those students do when they walk across the stage because they just achieved something no one in their family has ever done, Okay. And it's very hard for people in their family where, oh, everybody in our family for the last 20, you know, 20 generations have all gone to college. Um, It's not the same, potentially. But my reason for bringing this up is there was nothing more prideful than a family that was sitting in the audience. I I remember one of my most favorite memories was I had a, a group of parents and family members. It was a it was literally a Winnebago pulled up to the school and 15 people got out of the Winnebago and they walked into the tent 
at seven in the morning because they could get in at seven in the morning. Commencement didn't start until one. And they said, we are here and this is where we're sitting because this is the first person in our family to graduate from college and we want to be in the front row. And I'm like, well, you have at it. You be in that first row. That cannot be replicated in your backyard. That cannot be replicated in any other way. That feeling of pride, of place, and achievement cannot be changed. So as a family member, this is a delay. There is going to be a delay in closure. And don't try to rush it just because the date was supposed to be May 18th. Don't try to rush it. Rather, on May 18th, something you should be thinking about is what does your kid want to do on that day? Do they want to cry all day? Let them cry. Do they want to have a barbecue out back so that you'll shut up? Then do it. If they want to do whatever, (laughs) do what they want to do on that day. But don't try to create something to replace that day. Listen to them. Have that day. And then wait until whatever the institution tells you is going to be what they are going to do. All right. So that is uh, my last point about commencement. That's it. So, uh, Beth, anything else before we get into you're You're the outro person. I, I hope that everyone is, you know, staying safe doing what they can in this situation. Um, it's difficult for everybody. And um, yeah, I, I hope that this has been helpful information for those who have students at home who are missing out on things. And uh, you know, yeah, I feel like everything appropriately kind of ends with a big old ellipsis right now because we just don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, and I, I, uh, I want to thank everybody for their input for this particular episode. Continue to give us input through social media. Beth will run through those. And, uh, you know, more to come. As always, this uh, wonderful podcast, Twin XL, is a production of Pod 617. Um, you can find us on Facebook just by searching Twin XL Podcast. We are also on Twitter at Twin XL Pod. You can send us an email at twinxlpod at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show, we have a Patreon. So for as little as a dollar or two a month, you can support us at patreon.com slash twinxlpodcast. And I want to thank, uh, as always, our producer, Dave Yaz. I'm still here, too. I'm still here, too, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to see you guys. <laughs> Thank you all and stay safe and we will see you next time.